Why, hello there, sunshine. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. And if you're new, hello, I'm Steph. I'm so excited to get to know you. Be sure to come connect with me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM, say what's up. I want to get to know each and every one of you in my community because you are amazing and you are why I do what I do. And for those of you that have been listening to my show for a while and you have learned something, been inspired, been encouraged, take like legit 30 seconds for me. Pause this right now. Take a screenshot, post it up into your Instagram stories, tag me, and I will share your share on Instagram and we will all share the love. Sound good? Okay, welcome to episode number 102. I am like dying over this episode, by the way. So this is, (laughs) you're like, but wait, what is it about? Okay. So today we are going to learn what the Enneagram is and how we can use the Enneagram personality test to better relate and understand our clients, our market, and ultimately even make more sales. Oh yeah. It's that good. I brought in my sister from another mister, you know her as at a girl named Blake. <laughs> she is the host of a crappy Christian podcast, and she's just simply amazing. I was on her show. I loved her. We got super jazzed up about the Enneagram. Y'all know I've mentioned it a few times, and you probably have are familiar with it by now, this incredible personality test that helps you better understand your strengths, your weaknesses, your business mindset, your relationships, and... I'm just so in love with this personality test, but Blake is obsessed with it. (laughs) So I asked my girl Blake to come on and break it down for us. What is it? Why do we need to know it? How can it help us in our business? How can it help us with our clients? We go through examples. I mean, we dig in. So if you're an Enneagram nerd or want to be Enneagram nerd, this episode is legit for you. What's up, Mama Boss? Welcome back to the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. I'm Stephanie Gass, success strategist and passive income queen creator. If you're ready to step into your God-led potential, create profit from your passions, and capture the success that is already yours, this podcast was made for you. As always, you can find out more and connect with me over at stephaniegass.com. So grab that cup of coffee or fill up that glass of wine and let's dig in to today's show. So who is Blake? Well, Blake is a wife, a mama, she's a podcaster and a graphic designer who just wants you to know you are gifted and capable, but you don't have to work yourself to the bone to be successful. Blake is passionate about women believing truth about themselves and being fully who God made them for the glory of the kingdom. Blake's amazing. She's an eight on the Enneagram, as you'll get to know through this episode. So she's the go-getter, like nothing's going to stand in her way. I love that when she gets fired up about something, there's nothing and no one that can keep her from speaking out. And I think that's so powerful and takes so much bravery, and I respect her highly. I love her show. You guys, be sure to go check it out. And let's go ahead and jump in to this interview. Hey everyone, I'm super excited. You heard all about Blake in the intro, but I'm sitting here with her. I'm so pumped. My friend, Blake, my colleague, she runs an amazing podcast, which we're going to talk about in a second. And so welcome, Blake. I'm so pumped to be sitting on my floor talking to you right now. Yes, I'm so pumped to be in my closet talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, oh, jinx. Jinx. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. So Blake, for the listeners that don't know who you are, tell us about your story. Like how did you get to where you are today? And kind of like that background. Yeah. So I am Louisiana born and bred. I've never lived really anywhere else. So I've had a lot of different goals and dreams throughout my life. I was going to be a lawyer at one point, And then I met the love of my life and decided I didn't want to be in love with him and go to law school. So I started a graphic design business. I became a believer when I was 20. I grew up in a Christian home, but kind of didn't really get it and didn't really want anything to do with it for most of my life, which is so funny because now he's the most important thing to me and about me. And so now I still live in Louisiana with my two little girls that are under five and my husband who is incredible and hard worker. I still run a graphic design business. I have a podcast and I'm just trying to meet people where they are and remind them what God has for them, what he has given them, how he gifted them and have helped them really step into that in their day-to-day life. We're like twins, except for the fact that mine are boys and yours are girls. Yeah. Almost like all of that, like growing up in the same place that you live now and like finding God again later in your life and just all the things. We've already talked about this. We're like hashtag like business. So yes. Yes. 100%. So Blake, let's talk about your podcast for a second. You have a podcast and it's called Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Yes. I know that we talked off air about this being a controversial title. Talk to me about your vision for this podcast when you started it and how like, how did that name come about and what does it mean to you? Yeah. So people who listen to my podcast know the story that I actually prayed about starting my podcast for a full year, like October to October of 17 to 18. I prayed. It got to the point where I had an alert set on my phone and just had to pray about it once a month because God kept telling me no, but also kept pushing me to keep praying about it. Yeah. And so my, the heart behind my podcast is uh second Corinthians 12, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. So mm-hmm. that's really what the like crappy Christian is about. Is that like, I'm not perfect. I have a lot of weakness. I have a lot of weakness to boast about. And so does everybody else. And then definitely, you know, there's an aspect of it that's catchy, that's intriguing. My heart for the podcast is definitely that it would not only resonate with the mid-30s white suburban mom, that it would reach people who have walked away from the church or grew up in the church, but have never reconnected with it. That the idea that someone call a believer calling themselves a crappy Christian, and it is proven to be effective, that people would tune into that and be like, wait, what? Yeah. A Christian calling it, what? Like, I want to hear more about this. And so I just share my platform with other people and encourage them to share, boast about their weaknesses and the things that God has done through them every week. And it's amazing. It's such an incredible gift in my life. And then the opportunity to turn around and, and be on other people's podcasts is is so cool too. So I'm excited to be here. That's so cool. And you're right. Like the title is super catchy. And I saw your show before 
it was ever brought to me like, Hey Steph, should we do a swap with this show? And I saw the title of it and it was so catchy. Mm-hmm. I'm like reading your description because I'm like, what does that mean? Right. Right. So intriguing to me. Interestingly, because also I launched October of 18. I don't know if you know that. No, yeah. That's so cool. So yeah. I didn't launch until December okay. of last year, but I got the okay in October and started kind of turning the wheels and doing the recording and because podcasts are a lot of work. Oh yeah, they are. We talked about this because when we, you interviewed on my show just a couple weeks ago and we were like, podcasts are a ton of work and people don't realize that. It's a commitment. It's a big commitment. Is that going to be your platform? And if it is, it it almost rises to the platform that you're mm -hmm. doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Instagram is definitely like secondary now to the effort and the time that goes in. But I, I mean, I love it. But so it took October to December to be like, to get like ready to launch. I'm doing this. So yeah. yeah. Did you, yeah. how do you feel that you're, guys, don't worry, we're getting into Enneagram. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but I'm just like so curious. How did you, so you pray on this. What was the defining moment that you felt like the spiritual push to say yes or to go? Yeah. So it's kind of, I'm not like really one for like the dramatics. Yeah. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about why in a minute when we talk about Enneagram, but uh, it was a very like dramatic. I was in Waco it, at Magnolia with my best friend who also produces my podcast and has her own podcast. Yeah. And so shout out Jeanette Tapley. And <laughs> Hi, Jeanette. We're, we're sitting in Magnolia, like in the middle of Magnolia, which is such a like place to dream and be inspired. And you're like, oh my gosh, like the games have like built this from nothing. And we're talking about it and Jeanette knew that I had been praying about it for close to a year at that point. And it literally was like, Holy spirit. Okay. It's time. Let's go. Let's do it. Get the wheels turning. And I had very distinctly been told no for a year. Not no, but not yet. I'd very distinctly been not yet. And it's funny because the, I know that your, your podcast is very like business minded and related. And I do own another, like I own a graphic design business that's relatively successful and keeps me busy. And I was a crazy person trying to like manage like my two young kids and my household and my business and God's answer. What when it was so humbling and my pride took such a hit every time, but God was like, you can barely handle what you have on your plate right now. Yeah. You can barely handle what you have on your plate right now, like over and over and over. And so that required a lot of like soul work and mindset work for me to kind of get over that hump so that now, like a year later, I have so much more on my plate than I did then, but I'm functioning from a place of rest. I'm functioning from knowing what my strengths are. And so I'm capable of like juggling all of these things. And so it was just really cool. Like it was just God intimately cares about our dreams and our goals, but he wants us to do them well. He wants us to do them to his glory. And he knows when you're in a certain mindset that you're not going to, like if I had launched the podcast when I first had the idea, it would have flopped because I would not have been able to handle it. So it was very cool to like sit on the grounds in, you know, Magnolia and Waco with my sweet tea and my best friend and be like, Oh my gosh, God just told me. Yes. Like, uh, let's do wow. it, you know? I so, love it. I love that. Yeah. And it's so funny because I think people, they're always waiting for this definitive yes before they're ready to take messy action. So I want you guys to really hear what Blake said. It was that as soon as she felt that spiritual push, she took messy action, even though it was like, things haven't settled down. I'm still busy. I still have all the things. 
I literally feel this spiritual push. So I'm going to go. So you guys pay mm-hmm. attention to that because it's not an accident, right? Mm-mm. No, absolutely. Well, and I had done the leg work for the year before. Right. I do think that like we can have these like momentary ideas and God will bless them and we can move forward and and he's in it. But I think that he also honors our obedience and our resilience to trudge through a year of praying about something. I mean, that's legit. That's like, that's legit. Yeah. Hi God. Me again. I just have the same question for the 365th (laughs) time. Like, Exactly. I it was that. an alert on my phone. I love like, that. I, I was so tired of talking to God about it. <laughs> I feel you. I did that for us having a third child. I asked for mm-hmm. over a year every day. And it's like, God, show me. Anyway, we're not getting into that. So you guys, we're switching gears. Yeah. Love Blake. Her and I could just conversate all day about, we love us some Jesus. Okay. So yeah. we're going to teach you about Enneagram, lady bosses. Yes. yes. I'm so, so excited. First, Blake is like, when we got on her show, she started talking about Enneagram and then we like, were super excited. And I said, you have to come on my show because I've been wanting to do an episode on this. So you'd be the perfect person. So like, what is Enneagram? What does it mean? First of all, let's answer that. Okay. What is it? What does it mean? Okay. So the Enneagram is a nine-sided system of analysis that represents basically the spectrum of possible personality types. So it unfortunately looks a lot like a pentagram, yeah, uh, which is really unfortunate. It's not like it's I can remember the first, yeah, I can remember the first time I thought being like, mm, what? But it's basically it's in the same vein as Myers Briggs or the color system. These personality um, definers. What sets the Enneagram apart is that a lot of those other systems tell you what you do. So like the, the Myers-Briggs will tell you expectations of like how you're going to react in certain situations. The Enneagram takes it a step further and not only tells you what you're going to do, but why you're going to do it. So it digs a lot into your childhood and childhood wounds and lies that you believe and fears that you have. It's uncomfortable and it is difficult to dig in on, but the other side is so incredible. It's so much freedom. It's so much understanding of yourself and of others. So that was a very wordy definition. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it is a nine, it's nine types, which I can run through the types if you want me to. But yeah. it's nine types that basically spans the spectrum of possible personality. Types. Yeah, we'll speed through those nine types because I think people will have an initial feel of what they think they are. And then that's yeah, absolutely. when we go into the examples. And you're right, like it is so much deeper because I knew like my Myers-Briggs and all of those things. And it's so interesting to find out about yourself. At least I love to do this kind of thing because I mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, what are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? and better understand myself. Like once I did the Enneagram, so many things were made clear to me as far as my weaknesses. And it it really Mm -hmm. opened this uh, whole conversation I started having around worthiness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we discussed that on your show, like all of the different phases of worthiness for me were tied back to this personality type that I have. So it helped me immensely. And then it helped me really understand my husband at a deeper level, right? Like, I'm like, oh, I get you. Like, I understand. What is your husband? He's a nine. He's the helper. Oh, that's right. Mine, no, nine is the peacemaker. 
nine, the peacemaker. What's the, is there a helper or is that not a That's thing? a two. So he's a nine. That's, okay. He's a nine. So he's that, what you just, so see, this is why Blake is here. Cause I'm like the <laughs> random nine. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, my husband's a nine too. Okay. And so both of our nine husbands are married to very strong personality types. Yeah. really interesting. Isn't that. So tell us about, okay, how does someone find out their type? And then let's do okay. a speed type explanation. What's one through nine. Okay. So the unfortunate truth now that, cause Enneagram has been having a moment for a couple of years now. It's a really big deal. People are really into it. When it first kind of resurged, which has been around for hundreds of years, by the way, you could find really accurate free tests. Now all of the tests, you have to pay for them. And even when the tests were free, it was not my go-to. To truly find your type, you have to do the research. You have to dig in on what all of the types are. Part of me says that because I really do think it's the only way to accurately find your type. But the other part is, I think a lot of people, when they do a test, they find their type, they feel like it's accurate, and then they leave it at that, or they only dig in on their type, then you're doing yourself and the Enneagram such a disservice to not, at least to some degree, learn about all of the types. You don't have to become an Enneagram enthusiast and expert like I am. (laughs) It's like, I'm like borderline obnoxious about it. but learning about the types, gosh, it's such a tool for empathy. It's such a tool for compassion. It's a tool to better your relationships. And we're going to talk about that as we go on. Exploreyourtype.com is my favorite test. It's a paid test now. It's a paid test now. I can't remember how much it is. They're not Uh, much. No, they're not super expensive, but I I know some people are like, I don't want to pay for this. Um, but Ian Morgan Crone is kind of the godfather of the Enneagram and it's his test. It's really good. It's really accurate. It's incredibly in depth. Um, what do you think about the Enneagram Institute's website? Like, do you take their test? They don't really have a test anymore. Um, they're really like linked to Ian Morgan Crone or their test is paid now. I'm not sure. It's one of those two, but the Enneagram Institute is an incredible incredible resource okay. to learn about the types for sure. Sure. Okay. So they're going to go to that website. You guys, you can try the free ones, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but then no. once, you, once you get you start getting pumped about this and you will, especially yeah. as a business owner, you can use this test to understand your clients, to understand your spouses, to understand the people around you and better understand yourself. And I think if you're anything like Blake and I, you're like, I got, I'm like, this is so cool. Like I'm loving the intuition that's coming from it. So do the paid one just to be sure. And you get all of the resources that teach you at each number when you do that. So yeah, that's how you find it. So let's um, go through the types, Blake, and kind of, I think you guys will know, or maybe have like a feel of what you might be. And that can help yeah. us oh, yeah. go through at some examples with you. Yes, absolutely. So Ones are the perfectionists. They are the rational, idealistic. They have a very clear definition of what is right and wrong, justice, that kind of stuff. Two is the helper. They are the caring, interpersonal, generous type. They are the servant hearted, show up when you need them kind of person. Three. My mom, I'm sure of it. I'm sure that's my mother. My mom's a two. Renee, you're a two. two. Three is Stephanie. They are Uh success-oriented, appearance-oriented. They are goal-getters. Called the achiever. 
The Achiever. Yes, I'm sorry. I forgot to say that. The Achiever. Other than the... I'm like, what happened to the piece where I care about my appearance, you guys? What happened to that one? Because I'm like, you know me. I'm like, mom bun, like no makeup ever. I'm like, It's called growth. It's called growth. (laughs) You've grown. That's what it is. I used to care. Because I I know your story and I know that you used to care a lot. (laughs) I did. Yep. Uh, Four is the individualist. They are the sensitive, probably a more withdrawn. They are the most creative type of the Enneagram. So a lot of artists, photographers are the individualists. Five is the investigator. They are intense, cerebral, innovative researchers. They want to understand why this does what it does. Six is the loyalist. They are committed. They are security oriented. They are, as the name infers, incredibly loyal. They are the most loyal friend of the Enneagram. Seven is the enthusiast. They are the fun-loving, spontaneous, want to do the next thing. They're usually pretty easily distracted. I want to do this. I want to do that. Eight is the challenger. They are powerful and bold. They're confrontational. They're direct. They are the most natural leader of the Enneagram. That's you, right? That's me. I'm the challenger. Okay. And then nine is the peacemaker, which is both of our husbands. Easygoing, understanding. They are called the crown of the Enneagram because they sit at the top. They can most easily understand every type, every mindset, every point of view. Their main goal is to keep the peace. So that is the nine types. Okay. And so typically you guys will probably feel like, ooh, I think I'm one of those, but I could also be a second one. So Blake, there's something called, you have your main type and then you have a wing, a wing. And can you have one wing or two wings or how does this work? Beep, 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 beep. I am interrupting this epic episode (laughs) to quickly remind you about your two one-year podcast anniversary gifts that are about to expire, sister friend. Option one, claim plan your podcast mini course for the aspiring podcaster who's ready to create a scalable show that will explode organically once launched. 60% off for a couple of days, head to podcastchecklist.gr8.com or stephaniegass.com slash plan your podcast. Snag that offer. You have lifetime access. I promise you, like if you've ever considered podcasting, you need this mini course. Option number two, you know that podcasting is what's up. You hear me. You feel me. You're like, Stephanie, help me do the thing. I want to scale organically. I want to create an evergreen funnel that's timeless. I want to have the organic growth you've had without running paid ads or traffic or showing up on Instagram or doing my makeup or having a YouTube channel that nobody watches. Help me start my podcast. You can get 100 bucks off for the next couple of days. And I still have 12 spots left where you can claim a 20-minute free strategy session with me as your bonus gift. But you have to act fast. Those spots are going crazy fast. And another bonus, you get live coaching from me in the Facebook Podcast Pro University membership group completely free for the next 90 days. Talk about massive support and that strategy call with me. You are going to blow this thing up in the new year. Don't wait. Go to podcastprouniversity.com. Type in the code SAVE100 at checkout podcastprouniversity.com. Your code is save 100. Hurry. I will meet you inside. So the wings, if you look at the Enneagram, which 
pull up a picture of like pull up an, an image of the Enneagram. It's a circle and the types go around the circle. So I'll just use, it's easiest to use my number as an example. Eight sits beside seven and nine. Okay. So as an eight, I can either have a seven wing or a nine wing. Ah. So for you, you can either have a two wing or a four wing. It's the what two numbers. What was the four again? The individualist. So the creative feeler. What was two? The helper. Oh gosh. I don't know. I could I be either. I probably have a two wing. Okay. Okay. Because your, your heart and your desire is to serve people and to help them succeed. I think that, I think that that's probably your wing. So for me, I could either, either as an eight, I could either have the enthusiast wing or the peacemaker wing. I have zero peacemaker. Okay. Like I I mean, (laughs) when I am not being intentional, when I'm not being intentional about growth, I am confrontational. Right. I thrive in conflict. Like really? Oh, it's yes. Like the things that make people want to crawl in a hole, like breathe life into me. Like if we're going to debate it, like I like, I thrive in it. That's so bizarre. Cause I'm the opposite confrontation. Mm, Bye. Like I'm going to buy, I'm leaving the room. Like I can not do it. No, I can tell. I don't mean like a mean conflict or confrontation, but like I can tell when I have like not a had a good, I can tell when I haven't had a good verbal debate in a while because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I like miss it. Like, I love it. That's cool. Which if you follow me on Instagram. Yeah. Makes, cause I talk about completely controversial topics and I go there and it's because I, I love it. So that's what makes you stand out, Blake. And I think that's why we have to have all of these types because 100%. you can't have a bunch of threes in the world. And like, we're, we're achievers and we're doing lists and organizing and going and creating and all of that and not have all the other pieces of the puzzle that make this world like the fullest, most vibrant place it can be. We need people Absolutely. Like you in politics and running things. And we need people, yeah. our husbands to kind of help and calm us down, calm everybody <laughs> down. Like, Lord. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that I have a seven wing. So I have okay. the enthusiast wing, which means I am incredibly bold and incredibly confrontational, but also very easily distracted and want to have fun all the time. I love it. So I love yeah. it. That's super cool. Okay. So let's talk about when you discovered that you were, you were an eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're reading this whole like personality description of yourself. Take us through what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses and how did that help you in your life? Yeah. So funnily enough, I mistyped, which is incredibly common. I feel like people that are just getting into the Enneagram need to know that mistyping, it's so common that it's like, when you read about your type on the Enneagram on the Enneagram Institute website that we've referred to, they have a resource for mistyping. Like what numbers mistype as others? I, I mistyped as a three. I mistyped as a seven. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So typically you're gonna mistype in the same. There are your dominant types, there are your aggressive types, and then there are your passive, more like calm, creative types, you're going to mistype in the same, like threes and eights are in the same world, right? And sevens as well. Yeah. So mistyped is a three. And my first experience with the Enneagram was very Mm self-focused. So I was only learning about the three. And there was a lot of it that I was like, "Mm, feel right. But I wasn't making the effort to learn about the other types. Yeah. So when I did start, actually, uh, Ian Morgan Crone, who I referred to earlier, has a book called The Road Back to You 
which is if you're ready to like really dive in and read a book is so, so, so good. Okay. I cannot sing it phrases enough. Started reading The Road Back to You, which takes you through all of the types. And so I'm reading about eights and I was like, oh, oh shoot. That's me. This is me. And so they have like this little synopsis at the front of the, the, the chapter. And I read it to my husband. I write as well on the side. And so his response was, oh, that's good. Did you write that? <laughs> like he thought that I, I am such an eight that he thought that I had written this about myself. Wow. So, <laughs> so my first experience with the Enneagram, once I finally realized that I was an eight, was this sense of relief. Because I think I had lived a lot of my life feeling like there was either something wrong with me or that I was the only person who functioned this way. And so seeing words on paper of someone describing an eight and it's literally feeling like someone had looked into my world, I can vividly remember my first kind of relief response being, oh, then I can't be the only one. Yeah. I can't be alone in being created this way if somebody's putting words to paper about it. And then realizing that that means that I really genuinely was created this way. You know, I think that there's a lot of conversations happening, especially in the, the Christian Instagram sphere about feeling like too much, having grown up your whole life feeling like too much. And that is my story. That is, that is the scars on my soul is having been told I was too much and treated like I was too much. And it's like, calm down, Blake. Right. And and, (laughs) and having, sit down, down, be quiet. Why do you care so much? And it was just like, I could feel these scars beginning to heal because it was basically like permission that I was I was created this way. Right. And and there's always room for growth. And the Enneagram is the, in my opinion, other than scripture, the number one way to grow in who you are. Because when you look at the Enneagram, it also has like arrows that move through it. And those are your directions of stress and your directions of growth. So me as an eight, I grow towards a five. With, no, sorry, I digress towards a five. So when I am under stress, when I am unhealthy, I become like the investigator. I become very withdrawn. I turn inwards. I don't want to talk to anybody. And all of my friends that are listening are like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Where'd she go? She, she turns her phone off is what she does. Yeah. Um, but I grow towards a two, which means I become more gentle and more compassionate and more understanding and have more of a desire to serve and to help. For you as a three, you stress to a nine, which is the peacemaker. So it's basically taking on the unhealthy attributes of that type. That's so interesting that you say that real quick, Blake, because I noticed that when I'm faced with any type of confrontation, right? I go into this hole of like, I go back to my, my mother, who's the helper. She has to fix everything and it's not her fault. She was, a ch- her, she was mothering all of these kids by the age of 12. And so that's who she is. Mm-hmm. And so I go there and I go, okay, how can I fix this? I have to, nothing else matters, but to fix this right now. And I have to, I start cleaning, I start doing, I start serving. I, and nothing about myself will matter. 
Yeah. Because I think I have to fix it in order to have peace in my life where I can get back to my natural yep. state, which is a three. Yep. That's yep. So you disengage, you like uh, the, the running Enneagram joke for nines is that they just want to take a nap. <laughs> and so like, if you stress towards a nine, when there's conflict, when there's confrontation, you just kind of like backpedal, hole up. I don't want to be a part of this, yeah. but you grow towards a six which is mm-hmm. really interesting because six is the loyalist. So they are cooperative. They are committed to others. Like oh, yeah, a, a big, a big struggle for threes. And I say this in all of the love, cause I can talk of about course. all of the negative things about eights until the cows come home. Oh yeah. But threes, uh, big struggle is that they're going to step on people to get where they need to get. I don't and care. I Absolutely. I'm going to like, you are going to be a stepping stool for me to like push up and get where I need to go. So it's really interesting to, to take that and grow towards a six who is the most loyal, committed, integrated type. It's just, I mean, like I, it's so interesting. It's interesting. It's the different facets of being at your best because you right. can operate at your best as a three and be a world changer. Same with you. Oh, we have 100%. types to really make a ripple on this earth, but we also, mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. have such a great strength as our best at our worst. Cool, cool. So damaging. And yep. I've been that person and you guys have heard oh. this <laughs> yeah. over and over, you know, in my network marketing career, I went because I thought worth equals success, which equals stepping on people to get to this ultimate goal, which is false idols. It's ego. It's Stephanie at her literal worst. I've been yep. there and it's easy to fall yep. there because the enemy loves you there and they're come right. on, do more of this. This feels really right. good. But once you identified that, you can change it. Right. Absolutely. The interesting distinction between eights and threes is that threes deeply care what people think about them. They are so image conscious. Eights don't give a crap. Like (laughs) I do not care at health or at at the, the bottom of my health. I don't care what you think about me. Well, those two things manifest in who we are. So for threes, I care what you think about me. So I'm going to step on you. I'm going to get where I need to get for eights. I don't care what you think about me. So like, I don't care about you. Like I need to do to, regardless to be effective. Of how you feel. Regardless I don't care of how you feel. Hurt. Yeah. It takes actual daily effort for me to remember to take other people's feelings into account. Right. And it's just because otherwise I will a hundred percent. I will blow and go and get stuff done and leave awake behind me. Yeah. Totally unintentionally. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the heart of what we're talking about here is just that, and I know we're really honing in on threes and eights, which is normal. Okay. When you talk about the Enneagram, you yeah. talk about your type, but it got it, it. People that listen to my podcast have heard me say a million times that the Enneagram changed my life. Yeah. It changed my life. It helped me step into who I am. And it helped me use my gifts and my strengths for the betterment of the kingdom, for the betterment of my family, and made me aware of my tendency to just blow and go and not take anybody's feelings into account. And my tendency to hole up and shut down and not talk to anybody when I like am not in a good place. It has radically changed my life. And as an eight, I don't say things lightly. (laughs) So like, I'm not somebody that's going to throw around like, oh my God, this changed my life. Like, no, (laughs) it changed my life. (laughs) You know, that's so true because you have a choice. You, when you go and you read and Blake says, okay, I'm this eight and I can see all these strengths that I have and I see all these weaknesses. She could use that in two ways. She could say, now I have an excuse to be a bulldozer or she can say, now I'm intentionally creating 
choices, affirmations, um, intentions every day to be the best eight and to be conscious of other people's feelings. And for me, I have to say, I have to not care what other people think of me. I mean, it's a daily thing for me to work on that. And I've gotten to a, a space where it's very, very rare that I do care what someone thinks of me. But when it comes in, I take it so personally. When it creeps mm-hmm. in, it hurts yeah. me. It wrecks shop. It. it wrecks me up. But yeah. I know this about my personality. So I can right. do something. And, and it's, it's not even necessarily that you have to like 100% stop caring what people think or 100% start caring what people think. It's a health. It's a rhythm. It's a, a middle ground, you know. and you talked about like, I'm going to make a huge generalization. My biggest pet peeve is when people use the Enneagram as an excuse to be the worst version of whatever their type is. Yeah. And I'm going to be totally honest. You see it manifest in eights a lot. Yeah. You see a lot, a lot, a lot of eights. One of my good friends is an eight and yes, she's super into Enneagram as well. And she's, mm-hmm. she's so she's doing it in the right way, but it's funny because I see so much of her in you yeah. And, um, she's, she you see so many eights like, yes, great. being bullies, you see eights being bullies, yeah. being rude, being mean and saying, I mean, I know that this is going to come across harsh, but I'm an eight. Stop it. Stop mm-hmm. doing that. Like I'm going to speak directly to eights right now. If you're an eight, it does not give you a right to be a bully. Yeah. And if you're a three, it doesn't give you a right to step to on step other on people. people just because you think that you know, being successful or being recognized is what's really important in creating your worth. Cause it's so easy. I to actually have, I do Enneagram series on my Instagram Yeah, sometimes. And the next Enneagram series is like, you don't have the right to. Yeah. I'd love so that. Like you literally just said like threes, like threes, you don't have the right to step on people just because yeah. you're an achiever. Yeah. So here's where you guys can use the three in your business. So we now have explained how you can use it for yourself. So right. let's say that you work I mean, if you work with anyone, if you have clients, if you do any type of coaching, even if you're a network marketer and you have people in your downline or leaders that you're working with one-on-one, how can we use this, Blake, to set ourselves up for success with others before we work with them? Yeah. So I feel like that divides into clients and coworkers. Yeah. So for if you like have a nine to five and you have coworkers or you have a network marketing and you have a downline or you have a team, I would absolutely encourage you to like have your team or your coworkers take the Enneagram because I've actually gone and like spoken at like realtor meetings and a couple of other meetings about the Enneagram in business. And even if you only learn the motivations and the fears of all of the types. If you just stop there, you have given yourself an arsenal for working with other people. Because I, as an eight, I don't understand. Naturally, I don't understand how your brain works. Yeah. Stephanie is a three. Yeah, right. I, I just don't. Right. None of them do. Maybe nines. Maybe nines understand all of the types in some capacity. But I don't understand nines. I don't understand nines at all. And I'm married to one. Right. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> understanding that like, okay, like my coworker is a one. So he really functions in black and white, right and wrong, justice and injustice. So when we're working together and he gets upset about something because he feels like we're doing it the wrong way, my eightness is going to be like, bruh, calm down. Like you're being ridiculous. Stop. Like, let's just get this done. But if I can slow down for a second, 
take his Enneagram type into account and realize this is just as much as my like natural almost DNA is to lead and to be dominant and confront. His is for right and wrong, black and white. And it just helps you so much to understand not what they're going to do like Myers-Briggs, but why they're doing it. Yeah. So, and then you can check yourself a little bit, (laughs) right? You can check yourself a lot of bit and go, okay, I'm not going to blow up on this dude because he's super annoying right now. Right. And it feels like he's nitpicking or, you know, being just ridiculous. It's, it's my, my favorite way to describe the Enneagram is a tool for compassion. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. It's such a tool for compassion. And you know, you can use that example with any of the types, you know, like if you're working with a six, and they start to like get panicky and clingy and want to make sure that every, like, are we okay? Is this okay? Like, it's really easy. It's really for any of the types to be like, yeah, we're fine. Chill out. We're just working together. That is a sixes MO. It needs to feel secure. It need to feel that they are okay, that they are safe. If I understand, especially as like a, in a boss position, like if I am an employer, to understand my team or like a downline, I mean, it radically changes the way that you work people in a co-working kind of way. Yes. And I'm kind of going through like learning each type right now. And I'm actually implementing something where for the few people I choose to work with on a private basis before we ever meet, I'm having them give me their type, making Mm -hmm. sure that they've done that homework. Because if I meet with someone and we're one-on-one, And I know that I'm this three and I'm extremely organized and I expect you to come to the table with your homework done. And I expect, Mm -hmm. I don't understand people that say, oh, well, I didn't get to it, Stephanie, because I've never been that way. Right. So it's super hard for me to say, what do you mean you didn't find time to do it? Like you do things and that's the way it is. Well, not everybody operates that way. So it helps me to, when I meet with someone go, okay, I understand this type and I know they're going to procrastinate or I know they're going to be you know, they have to play it safe and they're scared of new things. So you guys take all of that into account with your teams, with your coworkers, with your clients. And I think if you can implement that, it helps you have a much smoother relationship with people from the get-go and you're going to have more success in all of these things that you do. As a graphic designer, so I have a graphic design business where I do branding and, and website design for people. I, in their initial homework, asked them if they know what their Enneagram type is, what is their, what is their type? And that's not even like in like a, a coaching or a network marketing, we're working on graphic design, but it's so like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I'm working with a seven right now okay. and I cannot nail her down. I cannot, cannot. And she knows it. She hundred percent knows it, but I know it too. Whereas if I didn't know her type or I didn't have an understanding of the Enneagram, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Because like, I don't want to do this again. Like, like, right, it. <laughs> like, or like answer your email or like what, you know, but it's the same way as people who deal with me are like, why is she so direct? Why is she being like, so to the point? Is she mad at me? Like people right. always think I'm mad, you know? So I ask my clients, I ask my, my podcast interview, my guests, what their Enneagram type yeah. is. And it sounds like overkill. And some of it is selfish, to be totally honest. Like, yes, I want to better understand you, but I want to also better understand how to temper my eightness. Like you as a three, like you can handle it. 
Yeah. You can handle my like loud opinionated. But like a six might be scared of you, right? And like, and that's the running joke of the, of eights on the Enneagram is that all of the types are afraid of eights. Right. Right. I have met people in real life and that like the Enneagram comes up. I will never forget. We're like standing in like the lobby of a restaurant. The Enneagram came up because they were all ones. All three of them were ones. Okay. And they asked what my type was, and I said eight. And they physically took a step back. Wow. They were like, oh, oh my gosh, you're an eight. <laughs> so, like, it takes a lot of self awareness to like temper my eightness for a one versus with a seven or a three. I can just like, bad. And we can handle you. Like, we can handle you. Oh man. Well, this is. This is super fun, Blake. I love digging into this. I can't wait to learn more. What was that book you mentioned again? We'll put that in the show notes. The Road Back to You. Okay. And then tell the peeps, like, where can they find them? Some more eight Blake? Like, how can you guys get <laughs> some more crappy Christian amazingness in your life? Tell them where you're at. Yes. So I am on Instagram at the girl named Blake. My podcast is Confessions of a Crappy Christian. My website is crappychristianpodcast.com. Those are really the only places that I'm active. Awesome. There are so many C's. I was trying to say. I know. I saw your Instagram story in my story. And I was like, a cut, cut, wait. Okay, hold on. Let me try again. Oh, like a crappy Christian podcast. I know. So many C's. I know. It's so catchy. Like, I love it. So you guys go check Blake out. If you love my stuff, you'll love her stuff. And uh, thank you for teaching us about the Enneagram, Blake. It's been so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So how deeply are you into the Enneagram personality quiz right now? <laughs> You're probably like, I have to know what I am. Oh, I love this stuff. I am such a nerd. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I loved putting it together. I thought it was so much fun. And listen up. Like, if you want to start a podcast like Blake and I and touch women just like we are touching you right now, if you want to pour into your avatar in a big way, you want to expand that health and wellness mission you have, or you have a product line that you want to start talking about, you have a course that you need to monetize that's not selling, have you considered sitting behind a mic with your messy mom bun, with your LaCroix, with your iced coffee, and recording some podcast episodes? maybe once a week. It has been the most incredible game changer in my business. And I have put together a course for you, taking you all the way through from podcast creation to hosting, editing, interviewing, scaling, monetizing, like literally everything you need about buyer psychology when it comes to podcasting, how to create an organic sales funnel through your podcast, how to repurpose your show. Like you guys, I am telling you, this is the holy grail of podcast courses. I am so obsessed with it. I believe in it with the entirety of my heart. And if you have ever considered it, I want you to go and watch my free webinar. And I don't expect you to buy. I just want you to listen to what I have to say about using podcasting to scale your brand. All right. Go to bit.ly slash 1010 steps to podcasting. Check out the webinar. Hear me out because it's been the number one way I've been able to scale my brand. Love you. I'm excited for you. I pray over you that you are fueled today and every single day and that you remember you have unlimited time to accomplish all the things you need to accomplish today and every day. I pray that you have patience in your heart and that you remind yourself that God's big plan and big vision for your life does not happen overnight. I pray that you have patience in his 
process, that you show up obediently for him, that you leap out in fear and step out in fear and trust that the doors and the provision that you need to go out there and achieve that destiny will be provided to you. Pray, pray often, pray daily. I pray that God is here with you, holding your hand now, today, every hour, every minute, every second of the day, pulling you forward to your greatest, most fulfilled, most incredible life. As always, love and light, Steph. If you like Mama Soul, leave a review. Pretty peace. Hey mama, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, take a screenshot for me, post it up in your Instagram stories and be sure to tag me because together we can empower, educate and shift the way that mamas look at life because sister friend, we actually can have it all. Let's claim it.